Building wealth has a lot more twists and turns when you're a business owner. Welcome to the Money Savvy CEO Podcast, where we talk about entrepreneurship, money, taxes, and investing. I'm your host, Jen Druby, the hair-obsessed serial entrepreneur, tax specialist, and financial coach. Now let's jump right on in. What's up, everybody? So I'm Jen Druby, like the intro mentioned, and I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of information and background about myself. The very first podcast episode will be dropping next week, October 25th, and then every Monday after that. So I mentioned I am a hair-obsessed serial entrepreneur, tax specialist, and financial coach. So I just want to talk a little bit more about this hair obsession my very first memory or my earliest memory was uh, when I knew I had this hair obsession. I think I was seven. My grandmother asked me what I wanted for Christmas and I told her I wanted a mannequin head. And I remember my mom just being like, Jennifer, why do you want a mannequin head? That is so random. But my grandmother got it for me because that's what grandparents do, right? Uh, and I never thought that I wanted to be a hairstylist, but I just really enjoyed doing this mannequin's hair. Uh, so I went to college. I majored in econ. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So after college, I decided that I wanted to um, learn Spanish. And I moved to the Dominican Republic for a year to study there. And the reason I chose the Dominican Republic was because I wanted to make sure wherever I went for a year, I could get my hair done. And also another bonus was that I wanted to make sure I went somewhere where the people looked like me so that, so that I could blend in and people wouldn't try to speak English to me because I looked like a foreigner. Now, going to the Dominican Republic was probably the best thing for me because if I thought I was obsessed, this country, the men and women are super obsessed with hair. And whenever I wasn't in class, the students, it became like a running joke. If you couldn't find me, I was at a hair store, I was looking at hair products, I was buying hair products, or I was at the hair salon. Those were the places that I was, no matter what, if they couldn't find me. So well, after being there for a year, I was getting ready to leave and I lived with the host family. So my host sister said to me, she was like, Jennifer, what are you going to do with all of these products? Because you can't even fit them in your bag. And she was right. So I left all of my clothes, donated them and just took bags of hair products back to the United States. <laughs> so back in the, U back in the U.S., um, I was looking for a Dominican hair salon and was having a hard time finding hair salons, Dominican hair salons in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. So the entrepreneur in me, I called up my best friend, he's a programmer, and I said, Kevin, I'm having a really hard time finding Dominican hair salons. So actually, I take that back. So I found one, they were in like Silver Spring, Maryland, back in the day, if anyone's familiar with the DMV. But the one, when I went, there, it was packed, but the hairstylists were talking about people. And I knew this because I, you know, had spent a year in the D Dominican Republic so I could speak Spanish. And I was so turned off that I called my best friend, Kevin, who's a programmer. And I said, Kevin, I want to build, well, I want you to build, <laughs> I'll tell you what to build, um, a, a website where people could put in their zip codes 
and find Dominican hair salons and rate them, leave reviews. Now this is pre-Yelp, pre-Google places, uh, pre-Facebook places. I'm dating myself here, but it was a great idea and this website took off. So I just, I researched what I could find, all the Dominican hair salons, and I just kept adding them to the database. And then I asked people once they came to the website, if you know of a Dominican hair salon, type it in, I'll research it, make sure it's legit, and I'll add it to the locator service. So I want, I mean, it wasn't monetized at the time and I wanted to be in business. So I, and I, the only thing I could think of to monetize was to sell hair products. So I went back to the Dominican Republic and I made some phone calls with some manufacturers and I played up my nationality. I was like, oh, I'm an American. I want to, you know, import your products to the United States. So these meetings were pretty easy to get. And next thing I know it, I'm importing hair products back to the U.S. And now I am an importer and I am distributing hair products to the hair salons that now were on my locator because I had... You know, I had their information. So then I extended that hair business to retail. So then I started um, a website selling directly to consumers and that went really well. This was pre-Amazon. So Amazon really, well, not pre, I mean, Amazon was a, a, there, but they were doing books. <laughs> so the website was really popular. Uh, this was like one of the only sites on one of three maybe where you could get Dominican hair products. I had that and now that I was working with hair salons, I figured out a way to monetize the website. It was the Dominican salon locator that was like the URL. And now the salons were on board and I monetized it. I said, okay, you pay me and I'll put you at the top for whenever someone enters you know, your zip code. I mean, it was exactly like Yelp. So maybe Yelp stole my idea. Just kidding. But um, so that was that was the the locator. And then I got closer to the hair salons. And every time I would go into their hair salon and, you know, because now we were collaborating, they were asking me for help. And I saw that now they were they would make their own concoctions. So they would have the hair products, but then they would mix different things. And I was fascinated. So I took those concoctions back to my warehouse and then I started just putting those together. So now I was a manufacturer. So now I had my own product line and those products were doing really well on my website. So I had all those businesses and I've ran that for nine years before, I ran that for nine years before someone sold, I mean, someone purchased, I sold the um, importing all the hair products. So the importing, the distribution and the retail, I still had the locator on my own and sold those after nine years. Um, after selling that, I was just focused on the locator. And I remember a stylist calling me a salon owner and she was like, um, I want to close out my account. And I was like, okay, is there anything wrong? And can, anything I can help you with? And she explained to me that she was moving and that she was entertaining a potential buyer. And she knew, she re reassured me that whoever was going to buy the salon, that she would let them know to contact me to get on the locator. So a few days passed and a hairstylist called me that I knew she was already a client of mine. And she said, Jennifer, I know you just sold the, the products, but I was wondering if you want to go into business with me. And I said, okay, well, what would you have in mind? 
and she wanted to buy the hair salon of the woman that was closing out my account. Now, I had no like intentions of ever buying a hair salon, but I went in with her and we were together for about a year before things went sour. Uh, I do not recommend business partnerships, but <laughs> at least they're not for me. So um, I bought her out. I had the hair salon on my own and I realized that I never want to own a hair salon. Okay. Um, the reason is because that for the first time, um, the way Dominican hair salons were set up, it was just, you know, the owner and the employees. So it wasn't commission based. It wasn't a booth rental model. And it was just a lot of managing personalities, a lot of women and a lot of estrogen. I think you get my point. But that was also my first time in the shopping center that I was in. There was um, there was a barbershop and a hair salon on each side of me. And both of those salons were set up as the booth rental model. And I, I could see it as clear as day. I was like, okay, this is the future of things. Hairstylists and barbers are going to be their own, you know, bosses. They are entrepreneurs and they are going to really run the show. And at that moment, I said, you know what? I need to make sure that I get out of this. I need my exit strategy because I don't do hair. So um, after five years of owning the hair salon, I sold it to a licensed stylist and I got out of it. But one thing that I noticed was out of all of the money that I made, with the various businesses that I was in, um, I didn't have anything to show for it. And it's because I was not paying attention to the money. And I knew this because when I went to go buy a house, um, I wasn't doing the taxes correctly, just was not managing my money the way I should. So the lender looked at me and was just like, yeah, I can't help you. There's nothing I can do for you. Um, My just, my finances weren't in order. So for the first time, However, I needed a job. I called, I still had the locator, but by this time, um, Google Places and Yelp. So it wasn't doing as well. So I called my friend Kevin again and I said, Kevin, like I've never had a job. What should I do? I really want to buy a house. And clearly I'm not doing something right um, money wise because on paper, it's just not looking good. So he said, oh, well, you know, I built your website. You told me how to build it. You told me what you wanted. So you are a BSA. And I said, what is a BSA? He said, it's a business systems analyst. And he said, it's in IT, just, you know, you have the background. So sure enough, with my background in economics and as an entrepreneur and with all of my business experience, I applied for a job and it was with a financial firm. So I became a financial systems analyst. And for the very first time, I was working with financial systems in business and on a corporate level. And it was, I mean, it was like my eyes opened up. I saw for the first time what I should have been doing all along as a CEO. And I just did not have a clue. And I feel like that's a lot of CEOs. We are driven by the desire to create and the back end things. We don't really know what we're doing unless we have some formal training or someone who has poured into us. And even with my family being, you know, entrepreneurial, it still wasn't done correctly. So um, being in that financial firm as a business systems analyst, then I got really into taxes and became a licensed small business tax specialist. So now 
with all of that information, I wanted to make sure that I share that with other people. And I created this financial transit course um, where I teach CEOs really how to build wealth when they are their own boss, when they're a business owner, because it's harder. There's a lot more twists and turns. It's not as, as a straight shot when you have a full-time job and maybe a 401k and, um, you know, set 40 hours a week. It's, it's a lot more in, involved when you're a business owner. And so I know not everyone is going to take that course. So I started this podcast just to make sure that I could reach other CEOs and share with you different topics along the lines of entrepreneurship, money, taxes, and investing just to, you know, spread the knowledge and and so that we can all win. So that's the reason I'm going to be here every single Monday Uh, With a new episode, I'm going to be talking to CEOs, I'm going to be talking to industry professionals and industry experts, and I'm just really excited to be coming to you guys every single week. I am looking for sponsors. If you are interested in sponsoring one of the episodes, you can reach out to me directly at jennifer at moneysavvyceo.com. I'll leave it in the show notes, and I'm just looking forward to being with you guys every single week. So make sure you subscribe and I will see you starting next week.